Hey there. Welcome to What Happens Next with Ben and Philip. I'm Ben. I'm Philip. And tonight, my friend, I want to discuss something that was pointed out to me by my eldest son. We went to the pool the other day for a swim. Yeah. We pulled in and we saw this bike, the Malvern Star, which is the Australian version of a Mustang or what's a classic American car? I think a Mustang or a um, Corvette, maybe. Yeah. So, a classic Australian brand for basic uh, cycles, just a plain bicycle. And they'd gone for the, they'd reappropriated this whole minimalist fixie bike trend where it was basically a bare bones leather saddle with one gear. And my son looked at the bike, who's just learned to use gears in recent times. And he said, well, why is there only one gear? Mm. And I actually, as a grown adult, as a parent on the spot, had trouble to explain to him the logic of fixie bikes, of one-gear bikes that adults ride, namely hipster types, by choice. What happens next? Tell me, mate, what is the future of this idea of fixie bikes, of one-gear bikes? Where do they come from? Why do they exist? And is there a future, given that they're so impractical and defeat the entire essence of having a 21-gear hub set to make cycling achievable and enjoyable? I think they are a throwback to a simpler time. I don't want to use the word hipster, but I, I think I have to in this sense because a lot of what I understand the so-called bastardized and, and marketing and advertising agency appropriated hipster label is a sort of purer, I should say, a simpler version of whatever we're doing. So it is a the cold drip filtered coffee as opposed to the it's a longer process. You've got to be more patient with it, yet it is better, purer form of, of what we're striving to consume. Isn't it basically like the ideology you learn as a Boy Scout, which is you have to enjoy the journey, not just the destination, yeah. and you appreciate the hardship of things. If you understand the hardship, you appreciate the destination at the end. Yeah. I think that's right, but I'm not sure that the hardship is so much part of it. It's more the stripping it back to its bare bones, which is the cold, what do they call it? You know, they call it like the long pour, short pour, whatever it is that- Yeah, it's cold pressed coffee. If you really want to go there, which we've discussed in the past, it's the deconstructed Yeah, it's the smear of Vegemite on the wooden plate. Platter. It's the avocado yeah. smash that you have to smash yourself. It's basically saying, let's strip away- yeah. We don't. We don't Everything. need. We don't need a dual suspension. We don't need graphite disc brakes. We don't need this and that. All we need is a pedal, two pedals, two wheels, and a frame, and we can get from A to B. We don't even need brakes. We can just have the old back brakes, which is basically what they, which is what they are. So I'm not actually against the back brakes. That's fine. They work just as quickly, more or less. The interesting thing here is that as a proponent of minimalism, as someone who is trying to increasingly become minimalist in relation to wardrobe, items in the house, less technology and so on, less apps on my iPhone, stripping things back to less their- jewelry, I've noticed lately too with you. Less bling. Yeah. Less nose rings, lip rings. Totally. Just less the rings. The septum ring's gone this week. It's I all noticed. gone. Yeah. 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 I'm just down to my arm rings and that's all. Yeah. They hurt a lot. So, putting aside various forms of body jewellery, I think that there's an element of trying to get back to the essence of cycling, which I respect, 
But I also think, well, couldn't you just have a lean, simple bike with 21 gears? Like bikes, by definition, a basic mountain bike or road bike, not mountain bike, but a basic road bike is pretty minimalist anyway. Okay, you might trade in a aluminium or stainless steel frame for carbon fibre, sure, which will have a thicker kind of structure in certain parts where a lighter material has to then have be broader to try and provide the same strength and rigidness. At the end of the day, despite all these various machinations, it's 21 gears, it's got either disc brakes or wheel brakes, tyre brakes, and it's the same sort of basic shape with the seat. What I'm not speaking from any point of knowledge about, which is I know it's unusual for this podcast because we are highly prolific, well-read, well-written experts in most fields we discuss on this podcast. But I think it's pretty fair to say that we have a PhD in rant, ranting. So if there was a way of actually quantifying the quality of a rant, where it was both an informed rant, it was eagerly expressed, eagerly researched, enthusiastically articulated, a certain credibility to the rant, Mm -hmm. it'd be of a PhD level. Yep. But continue. So I first laid eyes on the single speed slash fixie sort of crew on a weekend away in Melbourne. So for international listeners, Melbourne is a flat city that is defined by both a pretty flat topography, but also it has what I'd call a classic New York style grid system system in terms of streets. So it's basically streets cross perpendicular to each other. Plus, being flat, it makes it very accessible to travel across the city and very easy to navigate within it. Absolutely. And I saw on a Sunday or Saturday morning, I forget which it was, a group of maybe 10 cyclists with their bikes outside a cafe in the city. It was downtown city. like It wasn't outskirts. It was in within the CBD. And they were all wearing denim shorts. They were all wearing Converse or Vans or similar sort of slip-on shoes, or low-cut canvas shoes, and they all had Tour de France-style cycling caps on, and they'd taken their helmets off because they were all sitting around having double piccolos or something at a coffee shop. And I was like, wow, what is with a denim short gang? Like, seriously, why are all those guys wearing denim shorts? Then I, on closer inspection, I realized that they all had single-speed bikes. I was like, hmm, that's weird. I have seen these bikes around, but this is like a whole like gang of them. And they're clearly part of a crew because they're all dressed the same. They've all got like, the Tour de France caps on. And I was like, this is really weird. This is a whole weird little subculture down here. And I mentioned to a mate of mine who lived in Melbourne. He said, yeah, it works down here because Melbourne's flat. And then I moved back to Sydney after the weekend and I started seeing these bikes around. And I see these guys you know, putting the hard yards up and down the hills of Sydney, including bike couriers. And for context for our international listeners, Sydney is complicated in that it's divided by a harbour with limited access by a couple of bridges across the main harbour, which means essentially all of the traffic just funnels to one point and those roads are quite narrow, very difficult for cyclists. And then on either side of those harbour, being a beach city, it naturally goes from a crest downhill to most beaches, which means if you reside somewhere like, you know, famous Bondi, for example, once you're down there, good times. It's great to get away from Bondi. It's a steep, long, hard ride up. Difficult on a regular bike, pretty much impossible on a one-speed fixie. 
Yeah, but if I was going to say, even the CBD where where the cycles, the bicycle couriers hang out, like the city is full of hills. It's basically built on a ridge. So can I ask you this question? Because I actually shot a film with a veteran courier who's famous. He's been doing this for twenty years. Apparently, couriers on bicycles are a bit like, oh, what's the right analogy? I mean, basically, the job has a short shelf life because the job is so hard. It's so taxing physically and mentally, and these guys risk their lives to try and make a fast time, weaving between traffic, dodging between three tons of metal, speeding towards them, around them at 60 k's per hour every day. Mm -hmm. And the incentive is to basically either break the law or ride recklessly to try and get more work. And these guys had fixies. I can't understand why. And the only thing that comes to mind as to the logic of a fixie is the simplicity that they think if there's less gears, the chain can't come off. And you're not worrying about changing and down changing gears, you're just riding and you all you're doing is steering and braking. Yep. But when they it's break one, it's one do they break like a BMX like when you're a kid and you have the back brake where you basically Yeah, that's it. You push push back on your pedal. So do all fixies have the back brakes? I thought some fixies didn't have any brakes at all. No, some fixies have like the little, the actual cable. Like a handbrake. Yeah, like a, yeah, like a cable with your fingers. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you think the logic of a cyclist, like a courier in Sydney, whose profession is to ride, is that one gear, one chain, less can go wrong. And they're so fit anyway that whether it's a slight incline or not, doesn't matter. They can do it. Yeah. They can overcome the absence of gears. Yeah. I do you think, think so. it's by choice or do you, like, do you think it's trendy or do you think it's just- I think a lot of it is a trend, yeah. It's like a sort of badge of honour. If you can basically ride with one gear and do your job, you're like so good and yeah. so fit. And you can ride the steepest street in the CBD, yeah. So, it's like barefoot running. You're basically overcoming what would yeah. seem to be an obstacle to other people. You're, you're pose running. Yeah. Right. Well- as to what happens next, what is the future of fixies? I don't think it's going to be a sustainable long-term trend. I think that inevitably it'll drop off because when you pay a lot of money to take on hardship, that has a shelf life. People, yeah, it's like women wearing the highest heels or men wearing the tightest trousers. You can sustain it for a short window of time, but after a while, in a pinch, when you feel your heels pinch in a, the high heel, or your nads pinch in a tight trouser, you throw it away. You move on. You can tell by the the number of takeaway food delivery people riding around the city using those electric bikes now. No one's delivering cold Thai takeaways in Surrey Hills on a fixie. Yeah, actually, you're totally right there. I think the evolution of the cheap electric bike that is made in China that you can basically coast on, you can easily adjust the speed illegally to go faster than the... I think in Australia, it can't go faster than 22 k's per hour, but you actually, with a screwdriver, change it to go to 45 and basically just turn the throttle and coast. Essentially, it's a scooter that resembles a bike, and they must surely be eating the grass of traditional one-speed or 21-speed couriers in the CBD. You would think so. Most of them are all just delivering food. Yeah. All the old parcel courier guys are just still on there. On their fixies or on those bikes with the really long fronts. Speaking of things that uh, annoy me, like there's no tomorrow. Things with long fronts. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm talking about uh, hanging up long shirts and long sheets. Oh, don't get me started. What are you going to say? Okay. So, 
everyone has their different vices, their gripes with the way that certain people hang up washing on the line or take it off or fold it, right? Yeah. I was staying with some family to protect the innocent. Their names and connections will be redacted for the purpose of this podcast. Oh, dear. So I went to hang up some sheets at these at the house of my beloved's family or my family, who would know? And this particular family had this trend that they leave all of their pegs on the clothesline. So when you go to hang up clothes, they what? Every single peg is pegged already to an empty clothesline. And when you hang up the clothes, you basically have to you not create have, make space. You not only have to take the pegs out of the basket, you have to take the pegs off the line and rearrange them onto, oh my God. And essentially, you're hanging up clothes, and which means you're hanging up clothes over rows and rows and rows oh. of impotent pegs. You could hang up a sheet, a, a whole bed sheet, and have to remove for for the pleasure of hanging up a bed sheet up to 12 pegs. So, I call this the lazy man version of using pegs. Do you know where lazy man comes from? Because it's a lazy thing to do. No. When I was uh, a youngster at university and- my friend came across after a big night on the piss back to our place. Oh, and took a piss in the basin? No, no, no. no. He came home. He was a well-behaved chap and we only had a few beers and he came- Sorry, home. I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah, someone else. That would be you. Yeah. No. So, my friend comes home. He's in town from Brisbane and he's a bit of a country slash city guy. So, he's he's a little bit conservative. And so, my stepdad- must have woken up to unlock the door or something and walked out. And he was wearing a very snug-fitting cotton Bonds T-shirt with several holes in it, very worn through. Your stepdad was? Yep, okay. with, with no underpants. None. Yep. No, so, that's lazy. So then he basically held out his hand to say, hey, how you doing, to my friend. Forgetting he had no pants no, on? No, very aware. Okay. So this became known as Lazy Man, where essentially – you basically, you know what? It's warm upstairs, business upstairs, party downstairs. So essentially, you wear the t shirt, stay warm and snug. You can actually bring a shit up to your waist in bed and feel warm. But if uh, you and your beloved feel a bit of uh, romance coming on, then doesn't like, take doesn't take much effort to. Uh, you're already there. Yeah, that's why it's lazy man. So lazy man is in the general expression for anyone who wants their cake and eating it too. Yeah. They are lazy man. Respect. So I would say back to your example. That's 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 a lazy man situation. It's yeah, like, but that's but that's like, so much effort to remove a peg incons- off the line. It's, it's inconsiderate for the well, next person. Here's my issue with people who have weird habits that annoy the hell out of me. Let's just say you're taking stuff off the line. If you are moving a peg to take a sheet off the line, it's requiring as much effort to put it back on the line. Totally. As it is to put it in a basket or a bag hanging off your shoulder anyway. So, why not just put it in the bag off your shoulder? Just throw it on the ground. That'd be easier. That'd be easier. Yep. Drives me crazy. And so, I'm a huge life hacking fan. But when I see people what I would call incorrectly life hacking, it shits me to tears. Could not agree more. It's like people who put the wrong shit in the recycling bin. So, one of my neighbours last week, he renovated his- part of his house and he has some tradies over let's just call him greg or ian uh maybe maybe too close to the bone maybe something different let's call him theodore so theo theo's um subbies they dragged two loads of what i would call wet cement across the street leaving huge gray streaks in the garden beds of the street and across the road 
dragged a wet piece of concrete-filled plastic bag slash drop sheet into my next-door neighbor's recycling bin with bits of brick and all sorts of shit. I was just like, on what planet do you live in if you think that a wet concrete-filled piece of drop sheet with a few bits of brick and pavers is somehow akin to a couple of tin cans and some glass bottles, recyclable? So, my mother-in-law, we call her constable, insert surname, because she's that person who would observe this on the street and, and call them out and say, oh. what the F are you doing? Like, this is crazy. Like, like, yeah. Someone does that to me. It's, A, incredibly selfish because they obviously know it's not something you can recycle. But the worst bit is, is that you wouldn't even put cement in the regular bin. Exactly. If, so it'd been, if you put in the red bin, I'd go, that's a dick move because it's not your bin. But at least you put and it's it, also at least, not quite, uh, called conventional rubbish to yeah like it's not building but rubbish. you've you've dragged this ten meters away from your own house instead of putting your own bin you put in a neighbor's bin but you have you've put in a recycling bin like what the fuck it's it's, just, like, it's like a layer of selfish upon selfish it's like I'll it's, reappropriate someone else's we bin. are we are one step removed from being savages like seriously so there is part of me that in these various films in World War Two they depict these snipers. There's this oh. story where they'll have, like, this uh, German sniper. I would quite happily snipe In a bell tower. Sniper. I'd pick him off. Yeah, with a potato gun as punishment. And I actually think we find people for things like doing two, three kilometres over the speed limit in suburban streets. To me, the degree mm-hmm. of inconvenience of this outweighs famous, that. Famous basketballer got pulled over by the cops the other day. What for? He was driving with his arm hanging outside his window. So, what's the law in relation to where your arms can be? I mean, the guy's seven foot two. He can put his arm wherever the fuck he wants. Like, how's the guy ever going to get comfortable? So, he basically reach around and adjust his parking lights to ensure the <laughs> bulbs are correctly screwed. Yeah, I mean, he could, he could like reach down and like push himself on the road if he wanted to. Well, it's funny you raise that because the latest parking slash uh, infringement revenue scheme, which I'm not actually against, it sounds like I'm against it when I say that, is these cameras that actually can capture people on their mobile phones. I think that's fair enough. I agree. So the footage I've seen, the the highlights, shows people juggling not just one phone, but often two phones at once, two fingers on the steering wheel oh, yeah. at I 80 see him, I see them every single morning. Yep. How do you feel? What happens next with people who are terrible drivers or dump rubbish? Should there be a much more accessible online social media portal where you can dob people in. Public stoning. No, but is there an opportunity before the stoning to basically fast track dobbing people in? Like if you take a photograph of someone's phone in an app, if there was an app called Good Citizen, like what they have in China, where basically people being rated like an Uber, part of me hates that idea, but then because I kind of follow rules and regulations (laughs) in a positive way, part of me doesn't mind that idea. I see the police in my house in the mornings booking people doing an illegal right-hand turn. And part of me wants them to get them because uh, I have to walk that way in the mornings. And I'm like, I know that people do that. And when there's not a cop, I go, oh, we saw a cop there today because they would have got him. There's also a person who would do regularly four or five times a week, she will do an illegal U-turn. She'll turn right against a, a no right-hand turn sign. She'll do a U-turn on a street where she's not allowed to do a U-turn. She'll do an illegal sort of U-turn through an intersection after doing, like, as part of the U-turn because she can't sort of spin the car around to a proper U-turn. And then she'll park it in no stopping zone. It's just like, 
if the cops were there, they would give her like four tickets in one hit. And she's a bit of an Instagram celebrity type person as well, which kind of makes her a quite obvious slash easy target and someone I, I love to hate. So all this adds up to, oh, I'm just, if I could like dob her in, I would. And if that could bring my, my rating up as a perfect citizen, I would definitely do it. So, do you support, what happens next? Would you support in Australia the introduction of something similar to China, which is essentially Uber for people's personality, whereas if you've got yeah. a good credit rating, you don't speed, you don't, you you don't, don't throw, cigarette throw butts cement down. in the recycling Yeah, you know, throw bin. cigarette butts on the footpath and let them wash into the harbour. And yeah, you don't say, oh, it's my turn next to the bar. When you know that other guys been waiting there for ten minutes, yeah, I, I think if someone if you push into someone at the bar, that's got to be close to. This is the whole point of this podcast, isn't it? Really, it's to get our social rating higher. Yeah, that's it. I think we're basically slowly creeping towards proselytizing our viewers to this idea of our new startup app, which we're introducing tonight. Yeah, it's called Better Citizen You, and the first fifty listeners who write in now. Give you the free beta testers. Yep. And then they'll get some stamps.com and some, um, what else do they get, Benny? Harry's Razors. HelloFresh. HelloFresh. Blue Apron. Blue Apron. And the- um, The watch company. And the electric- Moment tooth- watches. Electric toothbrush. Tooth- What's the electric toothbrush? Uh, not sure. And the tuxedo do you? What's that one called? Not sure. <laughs> the idea of the uh, Chinese-style rating system, like Uber- their defense for that is if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to lose. Yeah, I agree with that. Obviously, though, there's a situation where it becomes the thin end of the wedge. And look, you and I, we're law-abiding citizens. We are empathetic. We're understanding. And that's what we could call this podcast, really, which is basically rant city or have some empathy with common courtesy. Don't shit on people. And just, you know, just be normal and nice. Look, I don't follow <laughs> Dems. Just be normal and nice should be the name of this book. Yeah. Be nice to people and don't cause inconvenience to someone else. That's pretty much my mantra. So, what happens next? I would say that I totally agree. You should be able to – it should be like the Matrix or something where you're walking along, you see someone spit on the side of the road and you can just log in and go, what's their rating? And just like give them one star. And their 4.8 will become a 4.6. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, uh, I'm not so sure about that. I disagree. I, I don't want a personal rating. I mean, look, to be fair, <laughs> as previously discussed on- This is episode, everything we've ever wanted, Benny. I mean, and, you're, and now you're like second-guessing it? pissing all over it. I'm throwing concrete all over it. You're the recycling bin. I'm just throwing- You're dragging your drop sheet full of wet cement into my recycling bin right That's now. Right. And not in a good way. Yeah, look, I know. I just, I don't know, it's too much. Let me sit on it. The future of what happens next could be that we juice this new app called Civility Oz. 2.0. And en- 2.0. And encourage people to be better citizens, be more empathetic. We encourage cafes to serve the avocado pre-smashed with Vegemite already smeared over the bread without smearing have to be applied by the customer people not throwing cement in recycling bins, people not leaving pegs on clotheslines. Uh, look. I mean, this is you're describing some, some form of utopia which doesn't exist, but I know. I know that tonight I will wake up at 3 a.m. and I will have dreamt about this. I know. And then I'll be devastated when I find out it's all a dream. 
I'm actually getting very excited about the possibility of common courtesy pegs being ubiquitous. The, pegs in the basket. And people being held accountable for their fucking pegs in a basket. A clean, clean piece of nylon oh, stop. On, the, on the clothesline. Stop. Ready, ready for your you crisp, iron-free iron shirts. I think on that note, before I get too worked up, that's all from me. You can catch me, I'm Ben Phelps, on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. And until next week, mate, peace out, be good, be kind, be empathetic, and I will see you with or without your new empathy app next week. Good night. Good night. Good night.